WLIRFM Hampton Bays. From around the world to around the block, this is a WABC 77 Second News Update. 74 degrees, cloudy at 4 o'clock. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Brown. The humanitarian crisis in Ukraine deepening as Russian forces intensify their shelling as food, water, heat, and medicine grow more scarce. Ukraine says it's facing a medieval-style siege by Moscow to batter it into submission. A third round of talks between the two sides ended with a top Ukrainian official saying there had been minor uns specified progress toward establishing safe corridors that would allow civilians to escape the fighting. Russia's top negotiator says he expects those corridors to finally begin functioning tomorrow. The U.S. has given the go-ahead for Ukraine's neighbor Poland to send fighter jets to Ukraine despite warnings from Russia. Prices at the pump climbing even higher, above $4 a gallon. These are the highest prices drivers in the U.S. have had to contend with since July of 2008. Prices surging since growing demands to ban imports of Russian oil. Here's Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on NBC. We are now talking uh, to our European partners and allies to look uh, in a coordinated way uh, at the uh, prospect of banning the import of Russian oil uh, while making sure that there is uh, still an appropriate supply of oil on, on world markets. That's a very active discussion as we speak. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is up next on 77 WABC. Knicks in Sacramento, Islanders host Colorado. Forecast in the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mostly cloudy for this afternoon. Temperatures in the low 70s, then temperatures dropping later tonight into the 40s with showers and possibly some gusty thunderstorms. Right now, cloudy outside the 77 WABC Midtown Manhattan Studios. I'm Bob Brown. Traffic and transit next. Remember, the news never stops at WABCradio.com. WABC Traffic and Transit. In Union, a flipped over tractor trailer westbound Route 24 blocking uh, traffic on I-78 New Jersey local roads westbound between exit 52 in the Garden State Parkway and exit 48. Bridges and tunnels, GWB inbound upper okay, lower fine, outbound heavy, Lincoln inbound okay, outbound 10 to 15, Holland inbound, an accident blocking the left lane in the south tube, 10 to 15 from the turnpike, 15 to 20 from Route 1 and 9, and outbound 20 to 30 minute delays. Checking transit, North Jersey Coastline Rail Service continues to be subject up to 20 minute delays in both directions due to a track condition near Middletown. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC Traffic and Transit Update. Welcome to your Monday afternoon. Indeed, it is James Golden here with you. And you are invited to the party. If you want to join us today here on WABC Talk Radio 77, all you have to do is give us a call. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. And what a day we have. So much news, as always, bursting out of the seams. We have news about the price of oil, news about the price of your gasoline. Well, not so much here. 
But try this on for size. If you're in California, there's one gas station there, at least one, where the premium gasoline, you know, that's 93 octane stuff, is $7.29 a gallon. If you want to cheap it down a little bit and go with the uh, mid-range price, $7.19 a gallon. And just for old, plain, regular, $6.99 a gallon. That is the price of living in California. But hold on to your britches. Because the price could be going up here. Oil traders are openly speculating now that with the ongoing Russian-Ukraine war and the international fallout that will result from it, within a month, prices for a barrel of gasoline from the oil-producing nations could rise up to $200 per barrel, $200 per barrel. Now, right now, we're seeing these gas prices with the gas somewhere are close to 100 It could double. Imagine a doubling of gas prices right now and what that would do to the economy. What's that going to do to inflation? What's it going to do toward the cost of goods, moving those goods from one part of the nation to the other? How is that going to ripple through the national economic picture? Oh, hard to even contemplate. There's a lot of COVID news out there today, too. And I I had a, um, somebody DM'd me on Twitter, direct messaged on Twitter, saying, you know, you didn't talk about the five-year-old and under kids the other day when you announced that the uh, the mask had been uh, the mask mandate was lifted by Mayor Adams and it is true that is for children and everyone over the age of five there is still a mask mandate in effect for toddlers and parents some of them are quite livid about that because what they one of the things they say is that is impeding speech development and the youngest of kids, in fact, there was a protest here in New York at City Hall Park today to protest the continued mask mandate for kids that go to school and they are under the age of five. About a dozen of these parents are going to court. They're going to try and seek legal redress in Manhattan Supreme Court. Good luck with that. And there is a petition out there that is gaining traction to end this mask rule. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. The Supreme Court today actually ruled against New York teachers. And you remember, we made a big deal of it on this show, New York teachers that were fired from their jobs because of the mask mandate. 
The Supreme Court is not going to hear that case. The Supreme Court today rejected another request by a group of New York City school workers who sought to end the vaccine requirement for public school staffs. Neil Gorsuch referred the group's renewed request to the other eight justices after Justice Sonia Sotomayor rejected the initial request on February 11th. So today, the full court, the full Supreme Court said, yet, nada, too bad. You're not going to have, I don't think they want to step in this. I think they just want just this. Keep our hands off. We're not interested in getting in these vaccine wars. I, for the life of me, don't understand how it is constitutional. But that's just me, and I'm not a lawyer, by the way. And especially not a constitutional lawyer. Now, there are many parents who are angry over these continued mask mandates and who have been angry all along. NPR ran a story today about how parents are so angry over the COVID policies, they could be the key to Republicans winning the midterm elections in 2022. And they highlight the example of a Democrat who's now moved over to the Independent Party and who isn't going to vote against Democrats, or they're highlighting others who say, they may just sit it out, not not vote at all this time around, rather than vote for Republicans. But they're not going to go out and vote for Democrats because of the way Democrats have handled these mandates, including the mask and the vaccine mandates. So that's brewing out there, too. Another COVID story. The Daily Mail reports that COVID-19 can bind to and infect cells in male genitalia, causing problems, and that would be a problem. ED can result in it. And I just remember, and you might remember this too, remember when somebody in Nicki Minaj, the rapper, her orbit, Came up because she went out and quoted and said that she wasn't going to get vaccine uh, a vaccination or something like that because someone in her family or, or, or whatever had done it and his uh, his testes swole up beyond belief and and she was sort of ridiculed. Well, now there's a news story today about how the COVID virus can cause problems for the male genitalia. So it makes one wonder if, indeed, the Minaj story had something more to it. Speaking of that, last week on this show, we took a number of phone calls from people who relayed to us their experiences with COVID, and I talked about my own experience with COVID, which was really horrific. We are going to do a podcast series. We're going to line it up this week, uh, My COVID Stories. And we're going to ask you, those of you that want to participate, to just tell us your COVID stories. You know, it's hard to be canceled 
or it's hard for some me- social media site or or some bunch of lefties to cancel you when you're telling your own story from your own experience and your own perspective, and that's what we're going to do. As I just like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one. I'm not an expert on medical uh, medical data, medical information. I'm a consumer, just like every, just like many of you who are not in the medical field. So I want to use this opportunity to hear your stories when we put this all together for the podcast. Hear your COVID stories, and we're also going to be talking to doctors and nurses. We had a gentleman call the other day who not only had COVID, he revealed that he was a surgeon. He was in the healthcare field, and he used unconventional, what is called unconventional methods by, by the state, by the, by the, the, the Fauci crew. There's a story about Fauci today that he hasn't been seen much since the numbers started going down on COVID. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe we won't be seeing Anthony Fauci that much anymore if this disease continues to wear itself out. But we'll give you more information about the uh, the podcast, My COVID Stories, My COVID Story. And we, we have the On the Border podcast. We have The Future is Now, dealing with cryptocurrency, dealing with blockchain, the new economy that's emerging right underneath our eyes and ears. We have Science is Golden, a great podcast about science, which we're going to do another installment on within the next two or three weeks. And so we're, we're, we have a lot of podcasts going on here. And if you go to all the podcasts on WABC Radio, what you'll find is that not only is everybody here is doing podcasts, we've got a library of podcasts for you to check out. And here's the good news, thanks to Red Apple Media, you can find it not just here at WABC, but wherever you go for podcasts. Whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple, whether it's the Apple Podcast app, whether it's iHeart's podcast app, whatever it is, you can find these podcasts. So we encourage you, the listening doesn't just happen here 24-7. It also happens online, and you can listen to what you want to listen to from a wide range of of host and a wide range of topics where in some cases you'll have a lot more time to delve into the things that really interest you. Some of the topics. Anyway, James Golden, AKA Bo Snurley here with you on WABC talk radio 77. We encourage your calls today. We'll take as many as possible. We've got other news to get to and your calls. We're going to be right back. Don't check go away. ABC Talk Radio 77 New York Wow You guys <laughs> Are we having some fun with the music? They sp- I know Herbie Herbie Hancock it's like wow. I got I got some comments on that too. 
on some of the music we played last week, all favorable. But I don't want to take the time right now to, to go through and we'll do that. Thank you very much. New music. I love it. Um, there is a piece that cannot be ignored from NBC News. And since NBC rarely does news anymore, at least most of the stuff, if you look at their cable uh, offerings, aren't even worth commenting about. But from the website, they do have a news story that I think deserves some attention. And the headline is should tell you everything you need to know. DEFCON 1 moment. New Spanish language conservative network fuels fresh dim fears over disinfo Latino outreach. So translating this headline, this is a DEFCON 1 moment for liberals. DEFCON 1, please be alert. There's a new Spanish language conservative network that is opening up. And the Democrats are fearing it's going to have all sorts of disinformation. That's a bunch of bull. And more importantly, it's going to do Latino, Latino outreach. The network is called Americano. And it comes, as there are so many other news stories in the past two or three weeks, about the Hispanic vote shifting in some areas. And, um, and, and this is even occurring in border states on the border, in border towns. And there was an article last week, I think it was New York Times, that highlighted what's going on. It was either New York Times or Washington Post that highlighted what's going on in the border towns and that Hispanic people who have followed the rules, who came here legally, are just as fed up as every other American over the way that this administration has fallen down on the job when it comes to immigration. And they're tired of it. And they're also being they're also tired of being called racist and bigots. Does that sound familiar? They're tired of being called racist and bigots because they believe that people should follow the law. So a lot of them are beginning to move over to the Republican Party. And now here comes here comes a private network founded by a gentleman named Ivan Garcia Hildago. And he is just bristling, it says, over the notion that the privately funded network is going to pervade disinformation or misinformation. And he's accusing Democrats already complaining about this network before it's even up of trying to cancel speech they don't like. He says they're scared. They should be. Democrats took Hispanics for granted for too long. And no one thought to create a home for us in the conservative media. There's an appetite for this. You see it on social media. You see it in elections. And now it's going to be a network. And so according to NBC News, this is a DEFCON 1 moment. What what amazing, an amazing revelation You know, Rush used to always say that liberals will tell you what they fear, and they are saying it loud and clear that they fear Hispanic native language conservatism because they won't be able to get into and filter. They, the Democrats, won't be the gatekeepers. And Hispanics have every reason 
every reason. And I'd love to hear from some of my Hispanic brothers and sisters out there today, if you want to comment on this, have every reason to abandon the Democrats. The Democrats have done the yokey-yokey on you. But if you are Hispanic, let me just go through this really quickly. I've talked about it before. I don't want to bore you. But, but this is worth going through one more time. You guys remember, everybody should remember, when Mr. Open Change was elected president, Mr. Obama. Was si su puede, si su puede, si su puede. Oh, yeah, si su puede. Open Change, yes, we can, yes, we can. No, we didn't, no, we didn't, no, we didn't. Because when he got in office, instead of delivering si su puede, for the, for the overwhelming Hispanic vote that he got. What did the Democrats do? The Democrats had the House, they had the Senate, and they had the White House. Republicans did not have the votes to stop them doing, and Republicans were useless. All Republicans did was show up and collect salaries during that first term of Obama up until the midterms because they had no political power. And what did Obama do? Instead of calling for a major immigration reform, instead of, at the time, remember, Hispanic leaders were calling from, for a pathway to citizenship, which many conservatives didn't like then, don't like now. But that's what Democrats wanted. Did Obama and the Democrats propose any legislation for Hispanic? No, they didn't. Did they do anything about DACA? No, they didn't. What did they do? They shoved Obamacare down the nation's throat, something that the nation did not want, and only Democrats voted for it. They squandered all of their political capital on Obamacare. They told the Hispanic population, screw you, we don't care, thanks for your vote, see you next time. Okay, let's fast forward. Joe Biden out on the campaign trail. When he's awake, he's making promises to Hispanic leaders about how they're going to do this, how they're going to do that. What's going on right now? The Democrats own the House of Representatives. There's a 50-50 split in the Senate. If Kamala Harris votes, the Democrats win. She is the president of the Senate by constitutional law. So, in effect, the Democrats have the Senate as well, and they have the White House. What have they done for any Hispanic vote? What have they done for the Hispanic population of America? They've done absolutely nothing for the legal immigrant, the legal citizens of Spanish heritage in America. They've done absolutely nothing once again. Instead, what have they focused their energy on? The progressives. All this socialist nonsense with this build back better BS, with this infrastructure bill that doesn't really provide much infrastructure, it's just more social welfare spending. All of this talk about DACA when Trump was president. What did they do about DACA? Nothing. Hispanic Americans are being duped again. Democrats, just the way they treat black people, Democrats treat Hispanic people the same way. They promise them their lives are going to get better. Vote for me and I'll set you free. And when they get in office, they don't do a damn thing for you. They go about their own agenda to appease 
to appease, let's be cold and calculating and cruel about it and tell the naked truth, to appease white progressive liberals. That's who they care about. And the squad. They don't want to offend the squad too much because the squad is out there raising a lot of money. But you don't even hear the squad. This so-called squad that's supposed to care about Democrats. and They're not kicking it up saying, hey, where's the immigration bill? Everybody's playing a game in the Democratic Party. And guess what? My Hispanic brothers and sisters, you are the butt of their jokes. They sit around and laugh about this stuff. How stupid their voters are. Black voters, they can promise them anything and never deliver. After 60, 70 years, New York still has failing schools. Nothing's being done to educate black children, to reform the education of poor black children in many neighborhoods. And it's city after city, city after city, city after city where people live, the crime rates are intolerable. It's not just New York. City after city, there are no opportunities in neighborhoods because of the policies of the Democrats who run these neighborhoods. And they have been running this game on black voters for years. They're running it on Hispanic voters now. Obama and Biden have played Hispanic voters for suckers. And they're doing it again. And so now we get word that. Now we get word that there is going to be a network. There's going to be a network dedicated to conservatives for people of what we call Hispanic heritage or what some people call Latino. Okay? And so now Democrats are worried. Now you have NBC saying, DEFCON 1, DEFCON 1. You know what they're really afraid of? They're afraid that out there, they don't know who the person is yet, that out there there is a conservative who can communicate with Hispanic people the same way that Rush Limbaugh did. And that will change the dynamic. And if that is the case, and if you find that on a conservative network, If you find that on a conservative network and there's this unfiltered access to Hispanic people, Democrats have nothing to do with it. The whole game changes. The whole game is going to be exposed and Democrats will never win another national election unless they're able to somehow overcome this obstacle and come up with a new replacement in their coalition of identity political voters. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdley, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Your call's coming up, and we have a lot more news to go through, too, so don't go away. Stay with us. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Ah, uh, yes. Teddy Pendergrass brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Now turn down the lights, light the candles, let's have a romantic evening. That's not a great idea, doesn't it? Turn off the lights. Light a candle. 
Ah, yeah, the voice, the one and only voice of Teddy Pendergrass. You know, there is a lot of uh, talk still going on about this new Supreme Court a nominee that Joe Biden has uh, has put up, Johnny Brown Jackson. And today in the New York Times, one of their columnists, uh, uh, Charles Blow, I call him Charles Blowhard, he has his undies all up in a bunch that Tucker Carlson um, d- demanded that Jackson show her papers. And he says it's outrageous, outrageous that Tucker wants to see her um, LSATs, especially given Tucker's background. He goes on to try to smear Tucker, what they usually do. And we spend a lot of time talking about the people that are really trying to hear uh, smear Tucker as well last week. But here's the deal. Look, uh, Mr. Blow and the rest of you liberals, we don't care. You can go ahead and you can jump up. You can get your panties all in a wad all you want to or your undies in a wad all you want to because we want to see some LSAT paper. What you people have done to Republican nominees and the likes of you have never said a word against all the smear campaigns that have gone on from Justice Bork till right now. So we really don't care what you say. Get yourself worked up. Get yourself exercised. Um, the Republicans aren't going to put up that much of a fuss about this woman anyway. So you might as well relax. Speaking of New York Times, there's an article day in the, today in The Federalist about the smear job they ran on Clarence Thomas's wife, Justice Thomas's wife, Jenny Thomas. Full disclosure, I know Jenny. I consider Jenny and Justice Thomas friends. They're just incredibly wonderful people. But here's the long and short of it without me going too much into the article. One of the things that the New York Times article did was try to smear Jenny Thomas as being one of the planners of the January 6th event in Washington, D.C. that Democrats will never get over. It turns out that they were told, their journalists were told by people in the know by those close to the planning of that event, that Jenny Thomas had nothing to do with it. They were told multiple times that Jenny Thomas did not plan and it was not involved at all in the planning for the January 6th event, but they printed that false allegation anyway. Which just goes to show you all the news that's fit to print and all the stories that are fit to lie about. Anyway, let's head to the uh, telephones, and let's go to Mike in New Jersey. Mike, welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. Mike, let me just remind you and everybody else that John Katz comes on after this show, Katz at night, so keep it here. Okay, now, Mike, what's on your mind this afternoon? I love Greek food. I love Katz Matidis. But thank you for taking my call, and... uh Thank you for carrying on the torch from Rush. Uh, I'm a first-generation Dominican. My parents came here the right way, and uh, we love America. I went into the service. But that term Hispanic, to me, that was set up as a demographic. We're Latino. Some people understand it. Some people don't. That's neither here nor there. By nature, we are conservative. We are God-fearing. We are pro-life. And we do what we're supposed to do. We come here and the American dream. And that's what this is, is a melting pot. So I kind of feel slighted with my my brothering across, 
but it's not their fault. If uh, uh, Brandon opened up the gate, then, you know, it's not their fault because they're looking for a better life. But the term Hispanic, I'm kind of weary on. So you prefer Latino? I explain just 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 if you can without getting in the weeds explain to us very quickly the difference please we're we're not speaks whether whether they're italian whether they're latino you don't speak it the english they turn you a speak so hispanic is to me is derogatory oh maybe to, maybe to others it's not and i'm not you know and you know, that's neither here nor there because history is history. But if you don't know your history, you're bound to do them and repeat it. Hence, uh, World War II with uh, Putin right now. But Whoa, you said a lot there. Mike, let me just say something else to you, though, because I'm, I'm, I, I heard what you said, and we hear this a lot from conservative Latinos, right? But there is a, But that's not the whole story. Because you have a lot of people that have come here from countries, and they're coming here with socialist beliefs. As you know, Venezuela, which used to be a great example of capitalism, has now slid back once again where they were in the 50s into becoming a socialist nation with a socialist thug dictator running it, very close ties to Cuban and those thugs and those socialists in Cuba. Um, and if you go throughout South America and Central America, you do find, uh, which to me is an anathema to everything that Simon Boulevard fought for in terms of bringing liberty and freedom to many of the countries in South, in South and Central America, but you find this slide back into socialism. And so people are coming here from those countries, and they are expecting things from the American taxpayer. That's one of the big fights on right now. You have people coming in illegally who want welfare from the American taxpayer. They're not interested in working. You have the rise of gangs from El Salvador, like MS-13, who come in here to prey on Americans. You have some of the Mexican cartels who are coming in. Their only interest is selling drugs. They don't care anything about all this stuff. So on one hand, yes, I hear you. But that's not the full picture. And I think what many Americans fear is that people like you, Mike, are being outnumbered by the other people, the people that are coming here that have a different agenda that is leaning towards socialism and not, and they don't love this country like you do, and they don't respect the country like you do, and they don't, and they don't have the same kind of understanding of what America is like you do, Mike. Now, now, what do you think about that? Am I off base here? No, but I respectfully uh, going to disagree with you because, for instance, the Cuban refugees tend to vote Republican because they know what socialism is. And also with the Venezuelans, they all know what it is. And that's why they leave there to come here, because they know when government takes advantage of the people. Now, what you call it is a whole different story. The minutia, okay, a whole different story. But the reason they leave there is because their government doesn't represent the people. They take advantage of the people. Do you know what's happening in the families of Cuban, of Cuban, the original Cuban refugees? We're now into three, four generations. And you know what? The younger generations are voting for Democrats more than they're voting for Republicans. That whole myth about if you're Cuban and you're down in Miami, and, and you're only going to vote Republican, that's been exploded. The demographics on that are changing. 
you have people coming in from Honduras, from Guatemala. They're not interested in conservatism. They are straight up and up socialists. And many of them from his from from places like Honduras and Guatemala, they expect they 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 embrace socialism because that's what they know, and from El Salvador too. So it is not this cut and dry thing anymore. Where and, and I agree with you, the refugees, the people that flee from from Venezuela, oh yeah, they have appreciation for what America is. They know that's why they came here. The people that were thrown that that fled Cuba, but not the descendants, let's say, of the Mario Boatlift. Who, who 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 Castro just dumped in this country so he could get rid of them from his own country and Jimmy Carter was stupid enough to take them in. They didn't have any of that same allegiance to the United States values as the Cuban refugees did. So it, it, this is a, a big story is all I'm saying. It's not a one-size-fit-all glove. You get the last word, Mike. And, Mike, I love your call, and I hope you call again. You are You are such a reasonable person, and you bring such insight. So we welcome you, and please call us again. But you get the last word. In Spanish. Hablando no entendemos. If we correspond and we speak to each other, we will understand each other. And I'm going to leave it at that. Mike, thank, thank you. you. God bless you. Thank you for your call. Wow. What a great caller, huh? Okay. Let us go to Eric, Long Island. Eric, WABC Talk Radio 77. Welcome. What's on your mind this afternoon? Well, here's the thing. So now the liberals, and I'll say not the Democrats, because I'm a Democrat, but I consider myself moderate. I really think a lot of the stuff the Democrats have done is is a shame and a crime. But the thing is, you know, they want everybody to look the other way with the immigration, and then they worry about, oh, well, we don't understand the language. Well, you allowed so many masses to come in here, and you're not learning the language? For shame, you know. I um, hablo un poquito español. I don't. I don't know a lot, but I'm trying. There's a difference between a person who's you know in it versus somebody who's above it. And that's okay. Now that let me done. let me just say this about that. And I I understand what you're saying, but I want you to also have uh, open your heart to this idea. Many of the first generation immigrants that came here that are older have much more difficulty learning a new language. And you see this repeated in more than just um, Latino immigrant communities. We saw it when, when people came in from Europe. We saw it when people come from Africa, when people come in from wherever, when they come in from Asia. The older generation has a lot harder time adopting and adapting to a new language. But by the time you get to the second, third generation, that language barrier is is gone, and and you're right. It, it's annoying, and I understand that. I I'm I'm not dismissing it. I'll tell you what. One of the first times that I went um, in Miami, and I tried to conduct business, and I'm not a great Spanish speaker, and there was no one in this particular place that spoke English. I was like, wow. But okay, so but but don't freak out. I mean, if you go to Flushing. And you go to what we now call affectionately, not derogatorily, affectionately, Koreatown or some of the other places. Sometimes you'll go into shop where there's very little English spoken. But somehow or another, if you stay with it, you can always manage to communicate. 
with people. People of goodwill can communicate with each other and even get past language barriers. But I do understand the point that you're making. Thank you so much. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, with you here on WABC. Remember, cats at night right after this. Don't go away, and we're coming right back. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on 77 WABC. I'm telling you, these guys are pulling it out, right? WABC Talk Radio 77. That's right. I can love you. Listen, um, there's a story, my friends, in AmericanWireNews.com. That's AmericanWireNews.com about a Democrat who had to drop out of his race for Congress over some things that he tweeted. He, he's, I guess, self-canceled. Um, a South Dakota Democrat running for Congress has withdrawn his candidacy over some sick, twisted tweets directed at Republicans. And one of them, his name was Ryan Ryder. He commented about performing a sexual act to a picture of Republican Governor Christy Nome sitting on a horse. It's so disgusting that that AmericanWireNews.com would not even share what the, the, the total tweet. They just said it's unfit to share. And this guy's an Air Force veteran and a lawyer, and he also tweeted that he was thinking about making an animated video of himself killing incumbent U.S. Representative Dusty Johnson's family. Well, he's now saying, look, a lot of this stuff was just, you know, uh, just just satire or whatever, whatever. But he understands they've been taken the wrong way, and so he's dropping out. There's an article. It's behind a paywall. I happen to subscribe. I subscribe to a lot of newspapers because I want to see what's in there, even though they do have paywalls. Uh, there's an article behind the paywall by our friend, and she's a great journalist, and she also a friend of the program here, Carrie Pickett. And this story from the WashingtonTimes.com. Washington Times does some great news, by the way. History in the making, more black Republicans running for Congress than ever before. And this is all this accelerated, she puts in the first paragraph, this trend of black Republicans running. Guess who accelerated that trend? Donald Trump. Okay. And so right now in the, in the uh, I think there are Republicans, black Republicans, 81 running as Republicans in the 72 congressional districts this year. That is a threefold increase from the 2020 election cycle when there were only 27 black GOP candidates. This is all Trump influence on the party and people stepping up as well. Some of the news out of Ukraine, Putin's invasion has ground to a halt. Fighters in Kiev said that they've destroyed dozens of Russian helicopters 
retaken a city in the Ukraine and killed 11,000 troops again. Fog of war, as Diana Me, our princess of policy, warns us, don't trust the initial reporting. But I will say if this is true, this is just absolutely great. Newsweek.com has a piece. The Russian elite, the oligarchs, are freaking out because their goods are being confiscated by governments all over the world. In Europe, some of them and in here over here, they're seizing yachts, they're seizing apartment buildings. In fact, a lot of these oligarchs are trying to get their yachts over to Montenegro, places that they cannot have extra be extradited from. The uh, dictator of Canada, I'll hold this story till tomorrow when Mark Stein joins us. Mark Stein will be here tomorrow. Make sure you're here for that. I'll wait and talk about the dictator of Canada until then. By the way, Saturday show now, we start at 7 in the morning. So you get six days a week, five days here at 4 o'clock, and then Saturday morning, bright and early, at 7 o'clock. Diana and me, Princess of Policy, told us, too, how important it was to remember this friendship that was announced between Putin, or as some New Yorkers call him, Putin, uh, Putin and, um, and Xi from China, the leader of China. Well, now they're saying it's important. They made another statement about how important their strategic friendship is. And China is saying now that Russia is their most important strategic partner. That comes from Fox News. From the Washington Post, there's an article about why Biden is getting some praise from Republicans on his handling of the Ukraine. Of course, one of those Republicans is Mitt Romney. And then there are a few others. And so I say, unimportant, what do you expect? Let's head back to the telephones. Leonardo, Essex County, New Jersey. How are you, Leonardo? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, mega ditto to uh, uh, Russian heaven. Been listening since the early 90s. And God bless you, Bo. You're doing such a great job. Um, I, I guess you're familiar with uh, the conservative patriotic uh, uh, platform called True Social. And then yes. Mike Lindell. Yeah, he has Frank and stuff. And so I just wanted to make a suggestion that seemed to make sense because you were mentioning this other platform that'll be in Spanish. Like on all three, it would probably be really simple just to have everything that's written both in English and in Spanish, and then people would be able to participate that are bilingual. That's awesome. And, yes, I am signed up to True Social. I'm going to wait until it finishes rolling out before I really start talking about it. They've rolled out right now on the iPhones, and I'm excited about what the possibilities are. Thank you so much, Leonardo. Great suggestion, by the way, a fabulous suggestion. Let's go to Philadelphia and Robert. Robert. Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. Mr. Golden, it's an honor to speak to you. Um, I'll be real quick because I know you're coming up against the clock. I would submit to you that if the Latino vote even leans Republican in the next major election, we will finally have border security. I would tell you that Nancy and Joe will personally fly down there and start nailing up boards. 
<laughs> you have a great oh, day, James. Thank you so much, Robert. Great call. Uh, let us go to Ben in Rahway, New Jersey. Ben, welcome. Make it quick. We appreciate your call. What's up? Hey, I, I just wanted to no, thank you because you are amazing. I listen to you every day, but I have to disagree with you on earlier uh, where you said that the new age uh, Hispanics and Latinos uh, that we we are leaning more Democrat and more uh, towards that socialist side. Uh, when really, I mean, I'm, I'm first born generation here in in the mm-hmm. United States. My mother's Cuban, and my my you know grandparents are Cuban, and you know, it, and and for me, I was taught how bad Cuba treated their people, and how bad the communist people, uh, the communists made made it for my family how my grandfather had to go into a concentration camp in cuba and work to leave the country you know and that may that makes me sick to my stomach to even think about the ones that are that are uh leaning towards the left these are these americanized people who just uh it's not even americanized they 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 were they were fed the kool-aid from from the media and they're buying into it (laughs) you know ben thank you for that and thank you for what you said, and thank you for what you said about your family. I think all of us heard that, and we understand exactly what you're saying. And I hope that they, I hope that you are not outnumbered in your younger generations. I hope you're not outnumbered, and people do remember what their family stake was in these communist nations. Let's go to Mike in Nyack, New York. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, James. I love your show. Uh, I just want to say last, last March I had my second vaccine. And the day after that, a day and a half after that, I woke up with the, my, one of my testicles just the size of a lemon. And, and I'm, a, I'm opposed to all kind of censorship. Well, when Nicki Minaj got censored for something, that, for saying something that I experienced myself and know that it's true, I, I felt I had to do something. And so I contacted the writer of the article, and he was going to do a story. But when he got my medical report, he said the doctor didn't specifically say it was caused by the vaccine, so we can't run the story. Which, And I wrote back that I thought the Post had bigger balls than that pun intended. <laughs> Mike, listen, you sound like a perfect candidate when we start talking about how we're going to get people to volunteer their stories. Maybe even this phone call. Would you mind if we, if, if we do use this phone call in our My COVID Stories uh, podcast? Absolutely, James. Thank you, Mike. Love you, bro. Take care. Appreciate that. Yeah, that story from the Daily Mail that that this COVID could affect male genitalia. Look, the Daily Mail UK has been doing some really uh, hard-hitting, informative stories on COVID that you find nowhere else in the American press. So we're going to – there's that Moderna story. I'm going to keep bringing it up from time to time, too. Anyway, we're out of time for today, but we'll be back tomorrow. Hope you join us each and every weekday here. Remember, John Katz is up next, Katz at night. And I'll be here Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock. And on Saturdays now at 7 in the morning, we are Pennsylvania. We are Connecticut. We are New Jersey. We are New York, the greatest city in the world. And we are America, the greatest nation in humanity's history. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your family.